<laughs> Hi! We did a we did a clap start. You know, I don't even know what that's called. Sorry, I went too loud. Um, I don't even know what that's called when you do the uh, you know, the uh All right, this is this is uh Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, scene 4, act 2. And you know what I, that thing is? What is that thing called? I know what that thing is called. How don't I know what that thing is called? What the hell? Okay, hi, welcome. Hi, hello. Welcome to Podgus. Gonna try and manage. I'm managing a lot here. As you can see, if you are the type to watch video gifs um, on the interwebs. <laughs> if you're the type to watch on YouTube, you will notice that things are looking a little different today. Things are, maybe the airwaves are a little more quiet. Not not making fun of Musa, no. I mean, like, there's just one voice happening here. Not only that, loud background, plant, random Asian man over here in a little photograph in a framed picture. Mic stand on a stool that you can't even see. I hit it well, okay. Um. I'm just describing for all the people at home uh, what we're dealing with today because oh, I'm already grabbing the mic like this. We're gonna work it out. We're working it out today because, check it out, we're flying solo. This is vintage podcast that I'm bringing you today. Um, I hope the lighting doesn't fuck around. I'm filming this. Probably shortly close to dusk, so that might, <laughs> the image might change halfway through. Listen, I'm not, if you know me enough, you know that Val isn't tech savvy, and she's gonna, she's gonna do her best, okay? And that is what this is. Uh, Musa has gone away to Japan for three weeks on a voyage of self-discovery, uh, and good luck to him. He's not gone for good. <laughs> Don't worry if you if you watch Podgus only for the uh, uh, dulcet tones of Musa's voice. Uh, he will return, but he's left me his equipment in the meantime. And so it is up to me, the OG, Alval, Algus, to take up the Mantlegus and fly solo once more. How many episodes has it been? Ten? Gotta, gotta be 10 now that I haven't, that I've gone solo. So, you know, maybe I'm going to be rusty. Maybe it'll be weird, guess. Maybe it'll be like hearkening back to our roots. For those of you listening and watching, I feel like a lot of you have been here since the beginning. Maybe not the beginning. <laughs> maybe some of you are new additions and you're watching and you're listening and you're like, what the hell, guess? Can't I get some normal normalcy up in here? Can't I get a crumb of consistency, you say? And to that I say, I mean, I hope you're not just yelling this stuff in public wherever you are. Just on your own. Don't do that. You're gonna look like a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> but look, we're gonna test this out. If you guys like... Uh, I need feedback, 
constructive criticism, not just people being fucking dog shit, horse ass eating shit bags, fucking shit bird asses telling me that I'm a man and that I fucking, when's the comedy? Oh yeah, like, a, like I'm getting critiqued by the f two Muppet guys, Mulder and Scully or whatever their names are, up in the rafters, you know what I'm talking about? Horace and Jasper? What are their fucking names? It's not like Robert Ebert and Roper. Am I gonna have to consult my notes, my phone? Um, two Muppet, Statler and Waldorf. That's who they are. All I did was type two Muppet. I got the words two Muppet in there and immediately they're like, oh, you mean the, the critics? God, Muppets, Muppets are so iconic. Good for them still being around. Timeless. Muppets rule. Muppets fucking rule. Look at those guys. I would hate to get roasted by them. Sincerely. I think I've faced many a heckle. And um, the day I hang up the mic, the day I retire my boots, is the day I get heckled by Statler and Waldorf, I tell ya. I mean, it would be an honor on the one hand, but also on the other hand, it would be quite devastating. I'm sure whatever they have to say, it would be very mean. <laughs> it would be devastating. I do not want a roast from Statler and Waldorf. Have they ever done like a Comedy Central roast? It seems like everybody's fucking roasting these days. And I have an opinion or two about those roasts. Uh, Comedy Central roast. Stat, Statler, and Waldorf. They would never. That's not their speed. Milton Burl versus Statler and Waldorf. I don't know. See, I don't want to, I don't want to occupy, this is what I need fucking Musa around for. Is that I can boss him around, tell, tell him, <laughs> tell him to look things up. God damn it. See, I miss him already. And I'm sure so do some of you. Some of you. <laughs> but I'll tell you this much. God love them. God bless them. This episode uh, will have no discussions whatsoever about the dark web. There will be no, uh, there will be no points made about uh, the deep state. I'm not going to talk about the Clintons. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about no emails with Hillary. I'm not going to talk about... <laughs> What else? I'm not going to talk about fucking how hilarious Trump is. This is going to be a politics-free zone, baby. We're going back to being free from politics. And, you know, I'm not complaining. God bless him. I love Musa. But, um, personally, I was feeling like a lot of those episodes were political. Too political for a simpleton like me who just wants to putz around. And talk shit about, and look up facts about Statler and Waldor Waldorf, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I gotta manage my levels. So right now, let me describe, let me describe what is happening in my room, y'all. So, I currently have my knee up to my breast. Let's start there. Uh, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in my gamer chair, which isn't comfortable, by the way. They don't make gamer chairs comfortable. I, I heard about this. When I bought this one, I was like, oh, it's a gamer chair. It's probably built for comfort. 
for sitting in it or a streamer chair or whatever. It's built for sitting in for long stretches of time when in fact it's not ergonomic at all. They're just designed to look cool on camera. And if you want an ergonomic design, you got to buy Herman Miller. That's the only game in town, baby. What did I get? DJW. It says DJW. What in blazes is DJW? Isn't that a character from Arthur? <laughs> Isn't that the little sister? I know you're yelling, that's DW. I know. I know. I'm just fucking joking. Relax. <laughs> Can you guys hear that? That's Those are the arms on my DW chair. DW! Uh, what else? We got a mural behind me that I love. It's giant. It's on one of my walls. We are here in my... Welcome. This is my bedroom. I know it's not professional to say. I know I've been calling it a studio up until now. Well, the veil has been lifted. Wizard of Oz. I'm the fucking Wizard of Oz. I've been doing this uh, up until I went to Moose's place to record there for the last few video guesses. I've been doing this here. Right here. Joke's on you. My computer is right behind the camera over there. I have audacity going so I can see my levels. Gotta check the levels. Got an eye on the levels. Got an eye on you. I can't really see myself in the tiny screen, so I don't know how I look. Which is why I took a giant mirror and I put it over here. Over to my left. Your left as well. <laughs> my, my left. Your left. Which would be your right if uh, this, the thing wasn't... Which way is which? Hang on a second. This is like selfie style. No, it's not. <laughs> oh God. I'm still wearing my day makeup. I'm probably, I'm probably a little sun-kissed. Honk, honk. Honk, 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 honk. I'm probably a little sun-kissed. <clears throat> Windows open. The air is nice in here. I got a fan going. We're good. Podgus. Commence. Fair and loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, act six. Action. Scene four. Uh, take three. Action. I gotta remember what that thing is called. This is where Musa would come in handy. One more time. Here we go. What is the... What is the... Thing. <laughs> oh, off to a great start. What is the thing on movie sets? Clap close snap thing a clapperboard also known as a dumb slate google is so great at interpreting stupid searches remember when hey is is it me or did google get way better at that actually come to think of it cuz google used to more often be like uh -huh, um like all condescending uh -huh, um did you mean uh, what's the Arj Barker joke? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, did you mean vagina? <laughs> yeah, I meant vagina. I love Arj Barker. That's a great, that's a fantastic joke. Um, yeah, it's called a dumb slate. So there you go. And Google interpreted that from the search that I wrote. What is the thing on movie sets? Clapper, clap, set, movie clap thing. Snap. 
I don't know. I can't see the entire search. It was a lot of mumbo jumbo. Um, yeah, I got my timer going. So we're like, I'm like making it happen despite my producer not being here. And I gotta say, I'm very proud of myself. I don't, I didn't think I could do it. I never think I could do it. I don't think I'm capable of much. My self-belief, believe it or not, and believe me that my self-belief is uh, very bad, okay? It's the worst. I don't believe in myself, even a crumb, you know? Not a crumb, you, not a crumb, you say? Uh-huh. Not even a mouse's crinkle, it's not even a mouse's crumb of Gruyere cheese. That's how little Algus believes in herself. Not even a crumb of Gruyere for a mouse. Isn't that sad? It should be more. That's why I say to you, believe in yourself. Idiot. Believe in yourself more. What's it going to cost you? Like, what's the downside? Let's figure it out right now. You and me. Mano a mano. Um, what's the fucking downside to believing in yourself a little bit more? Maybe let's go through them. You get, maybe you get utterly humiliated because you overextend yourself into something that you're not ready for or capable of. And then you're found out as a fraud. So that could be a thing. And then you're devastated completely and totally humiliated. And you don't do that thing anymore because you were completely embarrassed and uh, exposed as the fraud that you are. So that's a good reason not to believe in yourself. <laughs> to protect yourself from that terrible, awful, traumatizing thing ever happening to you. Okay, that's a good reason, number one, not, never to believe in yourself. Um, reason number two, if you believe in yourself too much, um, people think you're an asshole. Trust me, if you, if you, okay, look, no, 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 let's, let's do this again. Reason number two, if you believe in yourself, uh, too much, so, if you over-believe in yourself, if you, all right, starting again. Reason number two, if you believe in yourself and you don't realize that maybe your self-opinion is inaccurate and you and you never realize that your self-belief is misplaced and that you aren't as you aren't the hot shit that you think you are then you go on through life not improving at the same sort of rate because you lack a certain balance and a self-criticism that allows you to improve at a more substantial meaningful rate <laughs> boom how did that I, can you imagine I just fucking, oh, ah, I just woke up from a blackout. What happened? What did I say? Because that was pretty TED Talk, what I just did. That was a hella TED Talk that I just did. Kind of surprising myself here a little bit with that one. That's a good reason, number two. Um, reason number three, believing in yourself. Oh, um, let's throw this one out there off the top of my head. If you, reason number three, if you believe in yourself and you meet someone else who believes in themselves, you also run the risk of having your belief squashed if you run into somebody better than you. 
So if you keep your expectations low to begin with, and then you're better than someone else at something, then you know what? You never risked anything. So, okay, I'm running out. I'm running out of steam on this. But I think the first reason was the good was the goodest one to never believe in yourself. So uh, go with the first one. The reason you shouldn't believe in yourself, um, because if you do and uh, you don't live up to those expectations, then you are going to um, expose yourself as the failure that you happen to be. Uh, is that good enough? Okay, so setting aside the reasons <laughs> not to believe in yourself, which I'm done with, I was I was being mostly no, I was gonna say I was being mostly facetious, but honestly, the first reason is is probably as reasonable a reason to not believe in oneself as possible. Um, but uh. But, okay, setting that aside, pros and cons of believing in oneself. Let's go to the pros now. Um, it's empowering. That's pretty easy. If you believe in yourself, then you'll be proactive. You'll be self-motivated. You will, uh, you will uh, approach... Wait, how many reasons am I on now? <laughs> um, you will approach things with a healthier mindset that will allow you to um, overcome hurdles and shortcomings and criticisms with a lot more um, uh, efficacy, you know? Like if you believe in yourself and uh, you make mistakes, then you'll be like, that's cool. I'll learn from these mistakes. And that's if you don't get utterly humiliated a la reason number one in the cons section. So... That's, those are two automatically right there. Those are two really good reasons to believe in yourself. <laughs> All right. That's my point. That's my point. That's my point. That's my point. My point this whole time has been to believe in yourself, okay? It, I know it sounded for a while there like, a, that's not what I was saying. That's not what I was getting at. But believe you, me, you, me, I, us, we, believe all of us, believe women, when they say, believe in yourself. So there you go. Believe women. If you don't believe me, believe women. Okay? I'm going to co-opt that phrase, which, is, which was made famous by uh, sexual assault allegations. Um, moving on. Moving on. I... Performed at uh, Absolute Ottawa this weekend in our nation's capital. Uh, Forrest Gump says that, right? In our nation's capital. I even met the president in our nation's capital. Uh, I performed in our nation's capital. It was fucking awesome. Absolute Comedy Ottawa is has a reputation for being easy laughs. Um... In the best way. I mean, you get the best fucking footage of all time. And um, if you follow me on social media and on YouTube and whatever, I'm I'm sure you do. If you're already, if you're watching this, then what the fuck are you doing here? You know what I mean? Um, how did you get here? <laughs> no, welcome everyone. Welcome one and all. Um, 
Where was I going with that? Oh yeah, so I'm gonna put out a lot of stand-up clips from um, the various shows that I did. It's gonna be, oh boy, I'm gonna have to sift through six different shows, full sets from six different shows, even though they were middle spots. So, I mean, that's still 120 minutes of stand-up footage that I gotta go through to sort out, um, to sort out how much of it, um, to sort out and, and like timestamp all the shit that, oh boy, it's just a lot. It's a lot of work. I got to timestamp a lot of it and send it off. I mean, probably, probably less, maybe just as much work as the editor that I have doing these videos. Shout out to Jason. He's the fucking man. The man doing all this stuff for me. It's awesome. Having a team rules. And this is where, let's bring it back to self-belief real quick. There was a part of me who, for the, where for the longest time, I didn't think I deserved a team. I didn't think I deserved one. And here we are, thriving and surviving. Well, maybe just surviving. Not exactly thriving. But the thrive will come soon. First comes the survive, then comes the thrive. And that's what we're going to do. So, um, I'm counting on it. If we stay consistent, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, oh, my chair, <laughs> it's all damp from my legs, from my sweaty, piping hot legs. I could close the windows. I could turn on the AC. I could turn up the fan. I, there are a lot of things I could do, but, um, I, I like the hot. I do. I like it to feel hot sometime. And today is one of those days where I really like to feel. I like to feel hot and sticky, whatever. Except when I'm podcasting, man. Cause this wet, this wet chair is gonna be a problem. Let me tell you. By the end of the thing, you'll be able to hear, every time I move, you're just gonna hear it vaguely in the background. <laughs> As I peel my damp skin off this leather. <laughs> oh. Is it leather, DW? Nah, I don't know. I should have checked. Maybe there's something that says on this chair. I'm not going to check right now. I'm sure you guys couldn't give less a fuck. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to go through <clears throat> a hell of a lot of footage to... um. To sort out what uh, needs to get posted or not, but it's worthwhile work. Uh, this ain't just this ain't your grandma's open mic. Um, full room fucking applause breaks and and fucking roof busting laughs and uh, holy shit, it was an awesome time. Absolute Ottawa. I cannot wait to come back. Although um, your owner was really rude to me uh, and uh, gatekeepers. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna elaborate. But, you know, gatekeepers be gatekeeping. That's just the way of the industry. I won't elaborate, but... Let, let this speak volumes. No, uh, Know what I mean? Gatekeepers be gatekeeping. Anyways, <laughs> um, I have no right to complain. I get to do Just for Laughs for... Uh, I'll say it. No, I can't. I I get to do I got to do just for laughs a, a few times. 
Um, and I and and don't don't interpret that any other way than how it was said. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> um. Uh. What else? Oh. Oh yeah, I wrote this down. I thought this was interesting. Okay. Wow. I know I said. Where's my water at? I know I said. I wasn't going to talk politics. Wow. Am I about to completely contradict myself? She is. Okay. Um, I'm only going to bring up Trump this once because I thought it was very interesting. So, um, after one of my shows, somebody came up to me after and they said, First thing out of their mouth, big smile on their face. He was like, and he looked pretty gay to me. I don't know. He looked, he looked like he could have gone by they, them pronouns. If you know what I'm saying. He looked like he was kind of going for a non-binary AMAB thing. You know? You know what I'm saying? Anyways, and big smile on his face walked up. He was like, you know what? Ah. <laughs> I'm a Trump supporter, but you are hilarious. And what a what an interesting little microcosm of a statement that I'm going to do my best to unpack, but I feel like you all know what it is automatically. Like it it, it says everything. You know what I mean? We can break we could even break it down like word by word, the key words in this very short sentence. I'm a Trump supporter, which right there, and, and the way he said it so confidently, it was like, we all knew what was up. The subtext is so clear in such a concise sentence like that. I think that's my point is it was so profoundly, can, it was so, there was so much obvious subtext in saying something like that. Like I'm a Trump supporter, but I thought you were hilarious. So I'm a Trump supporter, um, which in sub, which subtextually is therefore, uh, we can all presume that I subscribe to that. I'm it's likely that, I mean, and he's kind of copping to it by just by using that as, as a, um, as a personality descriptor, as, as a whole, all encompassing personality descriptor of himself going, I am a Trump supporter, i.e. that's all you really need to know about me for now. <laughs> Which, you know, subtextually is, yeah, if Trump supporters all kind of <laughs> categorically commonly share a set of uh, characteristics, commonly, of course, I'm choosing my fucking words. If you are a tr somehow are a Trump supporter who loves me as well out there, um, surely you can forgive my language. Um, the semantics, the very precise fucking semantics I'm using, but, um, I'm a Trump supporter, but IE, um, <laughs> normally people like me are disgusted by people like yourself, but I thought you were hilarious. So I, I just think it's so interesting because in that one sentence, it really does indicate and I won't, it, it indicates how divided we all are across 
this one line left and right. Which it is what it is. I totally understand why. It just seems it's interesting that um it's 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 become so binary. Although, you know, it is a pretty divisive it is a pretty obviously divisive thing to say I am a Trump supporter. It's kind of clear a lot of the things you stand for and a lot of the principles that you conveniently neglect uh about a person. You know? <laughs> Unless that's just me like fucking bleeding heart trans liberal who like makes such a sweeping judgment. Of course. Cause you know, I could have did I could let's play the both sides game. I could have did that with fucking Larry the cable guy. I sincerely unabashedly, I will watch Larry the Cable Guy. And I went through a phase where I was like, what was the fucking uh, show or DVD? I think there were a bunch where like, it was Jeff Foxworthy, Bill Engvall, Ron, Ron White, and Larry the Cable Guy. The four guys, what were they called? Um, Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Fuck yeah, LaBelle. Wow. Um, and there was like, Back when I was really just consuming all the comedy that I could, when I was starting out, like everything was fair game. And I and I watched a ton of that blue collar comedy stuff. And sincerely, they were all good. I liked all of them. Bill Engvall. Bill Engvall? I think that's it. And they all had catchphrases. It was, that was the interesting thing. Ooh. It's all coming back to me now. What's his name? Bill Engvall, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One sec, one sec. Yeah, that's him. Um, okay, let me finish my point and then I'll get back to the blue collar comedy thing. So, um, where was I? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, okay, so let's do the other sides, the both sides thing. So... I could go up to fucking Bill Engvall. I could go to a blue collar comedy show and walk up to somebody like Larry the Cable Guy afterwards and say, um, hi, and then gesture vaguely at myself and my long hair and my boobs and go, so <laughs> I'm, I'm trans, but, but I thought you were hilarious. <laughs> and... And you know, I guess maybe that's exactly, that's the equivalent. Is that an exact equivalency? Perhaps. From their perspective, surely. But, um, uh, I guess, yeah, that's my point is, you know, it's so interesting that demographically and, and politically, you can, you can just kind of state who you voted for and then it's fairly... I mean, not with, not with 100% accuracy, of course, we're all individuals, but like with, uh, with confidence, you could probably presume a set of characteristics of the other person, you know? So I thought that was interesting. And you know what? A part of me, uh, when I hear something like that, I'm a Trump supporter, but you're hilarious, which shit like that, um, not to brag and crack my knuckle knuckles into the mic. But every time that happens, I'm like, I get a little swell of pride because I feel like I've, I've 
made contact with the other side, <laughs> you know? When it feels like you are vilified for uh, trying to even humanize people who, who oppose uh, the things you stand for, it feels like you've crossed picket lines or whatever. But I'm out here trying to do my best work to humanize us, and in doing so, you kind of it it necessitates connecting your humanity to people who don't believe you have it. If that makes sense. Um, but it's moments like those that I feel like I've succeeded, and and can hope that you know. The amount of times people come up to me after after shows and they're like, I've never met one of you, your kind, but, you know, I learned a lot. I thought it was funny and I learned a lot. And that is a beautiful package. I think, uh, you know, I'm doing, I'm out here doing great PR for trans people. Amazing PR, I think. I mean, some of it is completely ineffective. I've stopped reading the YouTube comments because there are a lot of people who fucking hate me. But I think they probably already decided that within the first two seconds. You know what I'm saying? Let's be real. Every once in a while, somebody will try and start an argument with me in the comments and it'll be like, and, and it'll be just so obvious from the start that they, there was no reasoning with them from this. They just, they were bound to hate me. <laughs> Some people are just lost causes because I do sincerely believe that if I were to sit across from like fucking put me in front of anyone, Maybe not anyone, but like more than your average tranny. <laughs> I could probably find a way to relate to a transphobe. I could find a way to humanize the experience and to connect on some kind of personal level with somebody who believes that, um, maybe not to the extent that I should die, but who some somebody who believes that people like me are weird and, and uh, crazy and... I don't know, out of our minds, stupid, misguided, uh, brainwashed, all of that shit. I like to think I, I speak with, uh, with a unique voice that is my own, you know? But, I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> there goes that self-belief. Whoosh! Right out the fucking open window. Um, is the lighting changing? I think it is. So I'm gonna do something real quick. Pop! And just like that. Yeah, did that help? I think it did. It's probably a lot more dramatic now. But we're gonna have to work with it. I'll figure out lighting next time. Maybe I'll do it in the afternoon when this- and not cl so close to dusk. But mama's got time management issues, you know what I mean? You gotta forgive me that. I don't know, you gotta forgive me that. I'm out here doing my best. Oh, okay, so this is the one thing that I wanted to talk about and then I- and then I, uh, needed to finish the other point. The Blue Collar Comedy Tour, this is one thing that I just remembered about them, was they all had- they all- what really works with blue collar crowds that they, uh, that they nailed, except for Ron White, I'm trying to think. But the other three, Jeff Foxworthy, Bill Engvall, and Larry the Cable Guy, leaned so heavily into catchphrases. And like, a, and, and not just something that you would say like at the end, of, at the, 
end of a special two or three times. No, these guys, you know, Larry the Cave Guy would say get her done after every punchline. Jeff Foxworthy had you might be a redneck if he had that whole thing. And Bill Engvall, I know he's not as iconic, I guess, as the other ones, but Bill Engvall was actually a fantastic writer, and I, I thought he was the best of the bunch, to be honest. Uh, which I wonder what that says about me, you know? That I didn't mind the... I'm a student. I'm a student of comedy, and I especially was back then. So this was me just sort of observing and learning. Um, I think you can learn from everybody, right? Um, and Bill Engvall had this, uh, would have this bit where he would talk about people being stupid. He would just point out standard observational comedy stuff. Any comedian going up there and being like, and what about these jackasses who are idiots out there doing stupid things? And what's with this bunch of people who are idiots and do this stupid thing? I had a, here's an anecdote of a guy, my neighbor, what an idiot. Look at the thing that he does. What a buffoon. He's, uh, he's all buffoonerous out there, fucking running and bumping into stuff. He, he has hockey pucks all over his lawn from his kid playing hockey in the backyard, which right away right there is like, can't play hockey in the grass, idiot. Your whole family is stupid. And then he rides his lawnmower over these hockey pucks. And they absolutely destroy the blades on his lawnmower. You fucking, so there, right there, you're an idiot. And your son's an idiot. And your family is dumb. And <laughs> so this isn't a Bill Engvall bit. This is me just improvising. Of course. Can you imagine? But, um... But Bill Engvall, okay, so he would do a bit about an, a stupid person that he he thought, pointing out their their dumbness, <laughs> and uh, he would always end every bit with "Here's your sign." He always said, "Here's your sign," and that would be his like kind of his. It was the punchline at the end of. That's the thing they all had distinct uh, ways of using. I'm just realizing this now. They all had distinct ways of using their uh, catchphrases. You know, like uh, Foxworthy would say, you might be a redneck if blank. And that was just the premise to a bunch of one-liners. So that you could easily repeat because that is the setup to a punchline. The setup is the same, the punchlines are all different. Beautiful little joke structure. It's made for just like quick hits and it's a, a built-in catchphrase, it's brilliant. Very smart. Um, you know, you can't call all these uh, blue-collar guys stupid because you you aren't thinking hard enough about it, you know? This is the student-comedian thing, seeing somebody like them who everybody else is like, yeah, they're all fucking idiots. And no, it's actually, you know, you might be a redneck is so clever and just uh, captivates an entire fucking demographic so brilliantly. And the joke structure itself is very, like, very cool. Um, and then Bill Engvall would say, here's your sign at the end of every bit where he talked about a stupid person. And that was sort of, that was the, the warm little embrace of a, of a conclusion to a little anecdote. You know what I mean? Like, that would be his sort of prompt that um, the signature at the end of a bit about somebody would be like, boom, roasted move on to the next thing, you know? You're an idiot. It would be like a gavel. It would be like fucking tonk guilty at the end of a trial, which was distinct from like what Foxworthy was doing. So that was cool. 
And then Larry the Cable Guy. Um, I mean, <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy, you can actually sincerely, I think this is why a lot of comedians agree that he's a waste of space. <laughs> it's like his was just, he would just yell, get her done. And everyone would go, get her done. So it was pretty indiscriminate. It wasn't, from what I recall, there was no structure to it. I think he just, I think he just wanted to just, I, it was just, you know, but he was the most famous one. He would, uh, he would headline those things. He would be the last up and a very impossible act to follow for the other dudes. But they were all very distinct. That was interesting. Blue collar comedy tour, man. Wow. I don't consume comedy like I used to, and I kind of feel ashamed about it. There's just so much stuff out there. It's so hard to stay on top of it all. And I'm like, I must be like 30 specials behind now. The ones that people are like, oh, this, have you seen this? It's great. Have you seen this new person who's just landed on the scene? They're fantastic. Nope. I got halfway through Chris Rock's and I stopped. I still haven't seen John Mulaney's new one. I'm barely keeping up with the ones that Patton Oswalt puts out. Because he puts out a new one every goddamn year. And I love him. I'll catch him. But the new people? I have no idea who they are. I need to get back to being a student, but it's exhausting. I'm tired of school. I go to school every night. I go to the comedy club. I watch the show. You know? And I'm learning a lot from myself. Trial and error. Go up and try a joke and fuck it up and try again. You know? That should be my catchphrase. Fuck it up and try again. That's my version of get her done. Or no, that could be a here's your sign. Which, by the way, in case I didn't outright say, Bill Engvall is like, here's your sign. I don't know where the what the first time he said that was, but I think it means here's a, here's a sign to wear around your neck or whatever that says I'm stupid. You know, I'm with stupid with an arrow pointing at yourself. I should look up what the actual origins of that are, but when you've seen him say, here's your sign at the end of, Two different bits. You already got it. You you see the commonality between the two and you understand what that implies. And what would hypothetically be on that sign, you know? Wow, blue collar comedy. But me ranting about like I I would I'm pretty good at connecting with people on the other side of the aisle. Yeah, I think I am. As long as they give me a fucking chance. The owner of Absolute, I'll just say it. I don't give a fuck. He can't... He can't deny that he told me this to my face. But he said I make him uncomfortable. <laughs> Waitstaff told me he was laughing his tits off at the back of the club, at my act. Never seen him laugh his tits off so hard. And then when, and then when I finally sit down across from him to get his uh, appraisal, he said, I make him uncomfortable. <laughs> Which I'm gonna interpret that favorably, okay? Obviously it, it hurt. 
But, you know, it's not the first time I've been told that. It's not the first time somebody's <clears throat> implied that about me. And I think here's what I'm going to do to, to put a positive spin on it, a self-serving positive spin. I'm going to say that um, when he means, what he means by when he says, I make him uncomfortable, because he did kind of elaborate a little bit. Um, I make him and audience members like him uncomfortable because they've never met somebody like me. Even though he says that he, he books another trans act at, at the amateur. Oh, he did say I'm the best one by a long shot. <laughs> Just to do a little bragging. Um... But he said, what did he, yeah. He elaborated in such a way that made me uh, give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think he was implying that like people like me makes, makes, makes some people uncomfortable. And the way I compose myself on stage, I'm very physical. I'm not, I don't exude that kind of femininity and it doesn't even look like I'm really, really trying that hard. I don't pass. I... You know, my voice is very unique and cartoonish and distinctly, I don't know, scratchy and male and buzzy. My booty is rocking. I got a nice bum. <laughs> but like, it's just, it's, it's unique to see somebody like me who is, I think, this is going to be way presumptuous, but I think the uh, the discomfort comes from like seeing a a, a female figure ish or somebody's attempt at one such as mine, and and be and have a a hint of should I be attracted to this? What do I do with this sort of second? What do I do with the sexuality of this? But also, you're like funny, like my bro dudes are. You make me laugh like my guy pals do. And what do I do? I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe I elicit uh, awkward internal feelings in a lot of dudes. And he's just sort of giving voice to that by calling, by saying that I make him uncomfortable. So I take that as a compliment. I'll make people uncomfortable. I'll jar them loose. And to be honest, I shouldn't be surprised because a lot of the jokes in my act are structured to sort of make cis dudes uncomfortable, for sure. I look at like a lot of the things that I say to guys in the front row about their sexuality and I challenge their sexualities and I kind of, I do come on to, you know, the occasional guy a little bit. <laughs> I hit on people, sort of. Not gratuitously, it's all for the joke. But I can see why that would be uh, uncomfortable for people who are so used to the status quo. And maybe that's, that's the positive I need to take out of it. Is that, I, I, I can I'm so nonconformist <laughs> that, uh, it makes some people like him and some audience members uncomfortable. So there we go. That's Pat. I'm just going to go ahead and pat myself on my own back and call it a fucking day. Um, I don't think I'm going to go a full hour and a half on this one. I think I'm just going to go an hour. Because I'll tell you, um, one thing that I already know I notice is every time Musa speaks, I take a swig of water. And uh, 
That is actually very helpful. In an hour and a half long podcast, gotta stay hydrated. And when I am talking all by myself with no lulls, of course, this is a no lull zone. I want you to know this. It is always a no lull zone here in my house on Podgus. I pride myself on my lack of lulls. None. The only lull that, and you know, we get dangerously close to a lull, especially on audio guess if you can't see what I'm doing with my body and my face. It, we get close to Lull City out there. I kind of didn't like the last episode, I won't lie. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I've been nothing but honest from the start, and you need to know that. If you don't already know that, then you don't. Then you haven't learned anything from these episodes, you know? And who knows? Um, while Moose is gone, I'm going to record a handful of these. Some of them might be very confessional. This was, you know, we're going back. We're hearkening back to our podgus roots and it might be confessions gifts i might cry a little bit you guys remember when i cried a couple times on the podcast couldn't tell you which one i forget which one it was like in october i think it was i remember where i recorded it it was in the kitchen i was at the table and i was talking about um seeing myself in the mirror as a woman for like the first real time and feeling all the uh, remorse for the way I treated myself my entire life. That was very moving. And I think it was a beautiful, I hope it was a beautifully enough told story to uh, do the moment justice because it was very profound. I don't know what episode that would be. If you look at the dates, I think it'll be somewhere around end of October. Because that was when I moved back in. That was when I was... (laughs) Hear my voice crack? That was when I was recording shit. If you want to hear that story, um, maybe go back. Maybe go back. I should talk about a couple more things then get out of here. Oh my god. Oh, there's still so much I wanted to talk about. Wow. How do I do it? (laughs) How do I do this? Just blab guess for, you know endlessly and still not even cover the things I wanted to talk about and still not even cover the things I wanted to talk okay so um I'm gonna talk about this real quick I I took a ride share program back to Toronto from Ottawa called Papa Ride I'll give them a shout out free sponsorship from Papa Ride maybe they don't want me talking about them actually. No, no, all good. It's gonna be all good stuff. Papa Ride, you guys, is uh, a rideshare program that is like Uber, but for longer distances, sort of. You like, you see who's traveling from city A to city B, and um, it's all like, it's all reviewed, peer-reviewed and shit. So like, the guy that I went with had, it said, he had clocked 2,000 rides, 2,000, maybe not individual rides, but like customers had driven with him, or at least who had like, I guess, confirmed on this app, and he had a 4.9 star rating. This guy immediately came at the top of the search, consummate professional, Anton was his name. I'll give Anton a shout out. Apparently he does this run all the time, Ottawa and Toronto and back. So if you're interested, uh, go to Pop Ride 
and fucking hook up with Anton because uh, he's a good he's a good lad. And I gave him a full five star because he was punctual and efficient. And it was like it was one of those Mercedes vans. You know, it was it was a Mercedes, which ho, 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 ho. Um, but it was, you know, like a bus. It was like a Mercedes mini bus. And he like drove eight of us from Ottawa to Toronto, made a couple stops along the way to like pick people up. Spacious back. Carried everything, you know. He invited me to sit in the front. I was I was at the first stop with a handful of other people and he just went, Al, in the front, let's go. And I thought that, and I did, and I wondered why. I still to this day wonder why. I think he thought based on my profile that I would be like talkative and fun and interesting. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to chit chat. Ugh. Stuck in a van in the front seat with Anton talking the whole time. I mean, I like him. He's a good guy. We had one conversation that lasted maybe 30 seconds. He's he looked at the traffic which let's get into this. He looked at the traffic and was like, "What the hell?" Like he was surprised. And then he said, "Oh, what do you think the biggest what do you think the busiest highway in the world is?" And when somebody asks you that and you're on the highway, it's pretty obvious, you know, it was obvious that the answer was the 401. That's the highway, like, that's basically, it's the Trans-Canada Highway, is it not? Highway of Heroes. I don't know what other names for the 401 there are, but for anybody listening who isn't from Canada, this stretch that I'm in, the 401 is like our only highway. <laughs> it really actually kind of honestly is. <laughs> no, that's a very Toronto-centric thing to say, but, uh... You know, it's like that South Park episode where they're like, follow the road. And they're like, which one? They're like, the only road. Follow the road. <laughs> it's like the 401 is our highway. It's the highway in Canada. Um, but uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's probably the 401, right? And he was like, look it up, look it up. And that was unnecessary because we both I knew that it was. It was one of those things where, you know, people think you're stupid and you and you already know what where this is going, but you just play along just to appease them. Anyways, and um, yeah, sure enough, the busiest highway in the world is the 401. Go ahead and look it up. I mean, I knew the answer because we were on the fucking highway and he was gesturing around. It was pretty obvious. He was giving me all the kinds of hints. But don't you know, look it up. Busiest highway in the world is the 401. That part I didn't know, but he spoiled the answer for me. You know what I'm saying? Busiest highway in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is the busiest highway, probably because it's the only one in Canada. <laughs> it's the only one. And I know I might get in trouble for saying this for my fellow Canadians, especially my Westerners who are like, hey, you know, Toronto isn't the only place in the fucking country. That's why everybody hates Torontonians. They do. People in Canada. I mean, the headliner was complaining to me about this. He was like, yeah, everybody hates Torontonians. And I was like, you know, I kind of don't really blame you. Those shirts that say Toronto versus everybody. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? If they didn't hate you already, they hate you for those. 
those pretentious fucking shirts. Yeah, everybody against us. Because what a stupid egotistical fucking shirt. I hate those Toronto versus everybody shirts. When people started wearing them, I know they were for the NBA. I know it was for like the Raptors because they're the only Canadian team in the NBA. I get that. But, you know, when you're wearing that shirt, when you're wearing that shirt at a, at a, at a Korean restaurant and everybody's looking at you like, why? It's because of douchebags like you sauntering around being like, yeah, they jealous because they ain't us. And it's like, shush, 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 shush. You're making things worse. Shut up. <laughs> You're terrible for our image. You're terrible for this city's image. Take your shirt off. Uh, respectfully, though. Don't take your shirt off and fucking wave it around your head. Oh, you're making it worse. <laughs> I I hate you so much. Toronto versus everybody? No. Everybody versus you, sir. You with the stupid pretentious shirt. Take it off. I hate it. <laughs> you versus everybody. You. Um. Anyways. Uh, Anton was great. Papa ride. Ottawa to Toronto and back again. The guy does that trip like three times a week. It's crazy. It's like, it's a five, six hour drive, you know? And he was surprised by traffic, which I, I don't understand why people continue to be surprised by traffic. I don't get why that's a thing. I don't get why. Um. Ugh. This is the thing when you drive in the passenger seat with, with somebody with road rage. And he didn't have road rage, but he had road, fr road frustration. It was on the forest fire scale of green to red. It was like a, a light yellow. <laughs> it, was, it was crossing over from green into yellow. Early yellow, post, late post green. You know what I'm saying? in the forest fire green to red spectrum scale uh in the angro meter in the rage meter so it was the, when you ride in the passenger seat with somebody who gets annoyed at traffic it's i hate being roped into that like you have to you are expected to commiserate about every little thing and they go oh can you believe it and you're like yes i can how is it a surprise to you that other people in the world have cars and that they exist and that they could possibly drive at the same time as you? How are you surprised by this every time? How is this news to you? What the fuck are all these people doing here? Um, I don't know how to explain it to you, but other people have cars. Um, <laughs> and you have to sit there while, while they're like, God, oh, get a load of this guy. And then you're sitting in the passenger seat like, yeah, oh, shaking my fist at something that I couldn't care less about that. I don't even think anyone here is at fault. He'll be like, can you fucking believe it? And the other guy is just existing. And you have to go, yeah, yeah. Idiots are everywhere, aren't they? Like, yeah, they're fucking everywhere. And you're like, <laughs> he merged into traffic safely 
and, and efficiently. You're just mad that he's occupying space. You know? I I worked as a junk removal person for a single day. For a single day. That was my shortest job. Uh, I quit right away. As soon as I clocked out, I was like, I'm not coming back. Uh, when can I pick up my check? <laughs> From that first day. And, um... And I remember Ron, Ron was the guy I rode around with in the, in the truck. And it was, it was, it's funny now, but at the time it was just so exhausting sitting beside somebody who's everything that people do on the road around him was like, oh, 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 just so mad. Can you believe this? Yes, I can. You did the same thing two blocks ago, you hypocrite. Because road ragers are always hypocrites. Fucking bobbing and weaving all over traffic. And then as soon as somebody like slows down a little bit in the passing lane in front of them, they're like, nobody knows how to fucking drive anymore. And you're like, hey, fucking cool it there. Cool it there, De Niro, fucking taxi driver. I have never seen that movie, so I have no idea if that reference was a thing, if it worked out. I don't know. I hope it did. But uh, it's the, it's so... It's funny to me to talk about when I'm not there, but sitting in the passenger seat besides a road rager is exhausting. And maybe I need to reframe my brain, because... Thinking about it, I mean, it is funny to play along with them. I feel like I should, from now on, I should just agitate them more. I should escalate things. Somebody, so Anton, God bless him, love him, the driver, great, from my recent trip, absolutely. But he was bobbing and weaving eventually at a certain point. He was, it was starting to get the better of him. And he was tailing a guy in the passing lane so close and right up his asshole. And the guy brake checked him real quick, just uh, just to like, be like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna change lanes once I get around this next guy, but like, back off. And, and Anton just flipped the fuck out. He was like, why are you breaking? Why are you breaking in a place like this? And it's like, you gotta have some self-awareness that you are right on this guy's ass. And he's, and he wants you to back off. That's what that move was. He isn't breaking because he's an idiot. He's not oblivious. He clearly knows you're there. You're a giant fucking truck. The Mercedes-Benz logo is the size of his windshield. You know? Anyways, and I gotta sit there and be like, that's the thing, it's hard to sell, it's hard to commiserate with something that I, I know I don't agree with. So him be like, this guy's a fucking idiot, isn't he? I'm just kinda like, haha. <laughs> a lot of idiots out there. That's a very non-committal answer. When you say a lot of it, a lot of idiots out there. A lot of idiots out there. You're not talking about any specific idiot. And that's how you get away with it. And I don't know specifically what I said. Maybe I said that. A lot of idiots out there. But that's a great way to get out of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay, I want to end on this. I want to end on this story. It might take a while. Because, but it's so funny and I have to talk about it. Oh my god, there was a lot still left. Should I go the full? I could go the full. Ooh. 
Okay, we'll see how I feel after this. Quick water break. No lulls. No lulls. Hey, everybody. Hey, where's everybody from? Who's married here? Mm. A little bit of crowd work. Um, a little bit of crowd work on the pod. Look at the lighting. It probably changed. If you fast forward, if you rewind back, look at how far we've come, video guessers. Go back to like minute 10. Compare to minute now. Whatever it is. An hour three, I think it seems. Um, look at the lighting. Different? Good? Better? Worse? I don't know. You tell me. I'm just looking for feedback. I ask for a lot of feedback and I get personal feedback from my closest friends who enjoy this show. But uh, I could use more. I could always use more. Uh, what do you guys think? Solo format? Um, Musa format? Less Musa? More Musa? We're talking co-host. Um, I'm open to co-hosting suggestions, perhaps. Maybe a guest every single episode. But if I'm going to have a guest, it doesn't. I don't want it to be interview style. I don't want to sit here interviewing people. I started this podcast to talk about me, you know? So fuck off with that. <laughs> I don't want to get to know other people. That's exactly my problem. And I don't want to work on my problems. That's not what this podcast is for. That's what my therapist is. Excuse me for... Not this. This is meant to just be a release. Maybe someday I'll get better at <sighs> being interested in other people. Don't take that seriously. Some of you are gonna fucking take that seriously. I'm tired of it. Some of these are jokes. Some of them are not. And, um, you know, I'm done telling you guys which ones are which. <laughs> Uh, bonk. Okay. Um, this next part is, uh, based on a true story. If this friend lied to me about all this, then I'm going to kick him in his shorts because this blew my mind and fascinated me. And I'm going to get, huh, I'm going to get right up in my chair for this. And I'm going to uh, come in nice and close. This is how we're doing it. Okay, um, my friend, a friend of mine, his name is James, and he is uh, about to be wed next year to my girl Shauna. Hi, Shauna. Shauna is, uh, Shauna and James are so lovely, and I love them, and they're great friends, and um, shout out, out there in Ottawa. So James works at a Freshco. He's a manager at a Freshco. I'm, I'm sure it's Freshco. It's a grocery chain. It's got to be Freshco. Yes. I'm just going to say it. Yes. And then if they're mad at me because I didn't remember it properly, then I'll deal with that later. And I'll just say I don't remember what I said. <laughs> Even though it's literally uh, recorded. The proof is there. Anyways, so my friend James works at a Freshco and he told me a tale of a guy, there's a guy who James tells me is a lawyer, and I don't know how you would find that out about somebody, but you know, whatever. There's a guy that they have, he said, this is the only person they've ever banned from that fret, from that fresh go. And what this guy was doing was he was, he was the price match bandit. I'm gonna call him. Did I write so He was price match hero. Hero or bandit, you decide. A Robin Hood figure or a 
Danny Ocean figure. No, they're both the protagonists in their stories. Um, who was the guy in Inside Man? Clive Owen? Was he the protagonist? He was kind of the villain, but he got away with it in the end. Give me a good, good thief villain who's not good, who's bad. Hey, sorry, what the f hell does that mean? Um, okay. Any, I don't, who cares? He, he's a price match hero. I'm going to say he's a hero because of the way he gained the system so uniquely that he got banned. Um, so hero or villain, you decide. All right. Uh, so this guy took advantage of the, all the grocery stores have some kind of a standardized promise. Or at least all the ones, and I don't know if they got together and they were like, this is how we're all going to do it. And they actually agreed with each other on this, competing grocery stores. But anyways, this is a thing where price matching, if you can prove, if you can come in and prove that something that you bought or something that you're about to buy is cheaper elsewhere visa, via, via a flyer or a receipt, then um that store that you came into has to match the price but also go one cent lower you see so this guy would painstakingly go from restaurant to restaurant price matching one cent lower on all of his items all of them including berries apparently and this is my favorite fucking part of the story and he would be a mega hassle Enormous pain in the ass, detail-oriented, right down to the scent, obviously. The scents really mattered to this guy. To the point where he was paying, he would go in, there was a thing of berries was $1.88. And he had gotten them down to, and I hope this is true, this is what my friend says, he had gotten them down to one cent. And was still complaining that they should be free because he had the receipt. He went, this means, you guys, this means that he went to 188 stores back and forth. He did this 188 times where he produced a receipt, showed them the berries and said, hey, these should be one cent less because I price matched over there. <laughs> after price matching here with you and then I price match he just kind of went back and forth between these two restaurants getting one cent chopped off a hundred at least 188 times until he was like paying zero cents for a thing of berries he was he was gaming the system so much that he was getting his starting to get his shit for free that was his goal was just to tenaciously uh, it was a war of attrition, I guess. That's what that means when you're like, just like, you're just hanging on. <laughs> and that's what he did. Is that attrition? What, uh, what I've just described, the berry thing? Oh, who cares? So this guy did this 188 times, back and forth. And like, wow, I, I'm impressed. I think that's hilarious. And so they had to ban him. They said that's enough. Because he would get in, and, and I quote my friend here, screaming matches. He would get in screaming matches with the staff, insisting that they're not honoring their policy by not letting him walk out with a bag of berries for two cents. 
<laughs> wait till fucking, wait till Loblaws hears about this. And then he would go over to Loblaws and show them the receipt and be like, well, Freshco over there, they price matched me at three cents. What are you going to do about it? They're like, Gah. well, the policy is the policy. And, and so now because of fucking jabronis like this guy, they probably have to rework the entire policy. Or maybe not. I think it's. it seems like they just banned him. <laughs> they were like, you, you mustn't tell anyone what you've done here. Or they too shall be banished. He was banished. For being, and you know, a part of me believes he should never have gotten banished. Let him keep the berries. He, he earned them at that point. To be that annoying, professionally even, you are an annoy. You are professionally annoying at that point because you're saving a lot of money. It's t your time is money, and this is how he chose to spend his time, and it seems like it paid off in my mind. 188 trips. <laughs> I don't know if, what kind of calculus you would have to do about um, cost of labor per hour versus how much saved. I'll leave that to the mathematicians, but I personally have to respect a man who is willing to put in that much work to game the system because I think it, the goal would have probably have been to get free berries in perpetuity. I think at the beginning of his plan, he was like, if I do this at least 188 times, the total will be zero forever, forever more after that because I've put in the time, I put in the reps. 188 reps and now I get free berries everywhere I go and theoretically isn't he right you know what I mean theoretically doesn't he have a point I don't know I think the guy has a point but I do think it's hilarious. You know, I am often fascinated by how people choose to spend their time. And I'm sure people are fascinated with the things I do to spend my time. Ugh! Trying to, trying to remain comfortable. <laughs> trying to remain comfortable on the pod. We're almost in the home stretch. Al, your valley, your fucking... Oh, I'm stuck to this. Ugh. All right. What was I just, literally just saying two seconds ago? Um, I, you know, I kind of respect the man, I guess is my point. In the end, that level of dedication, no matter how one spends their time, if, if I tend to disagree, if I don't understand, if it's not something I would ever do, that doesn't mean that I can't hold respect for the game in my heart and respect the goddamn game for this hustler, this true hustle. True hustle. Although my friend says he has he has it on a, on good authority that the man in question, our little price match hero here, is a lawyer. You know, so it's kind of like is the law industry not working out for you, bud? Or maybe he's the best lawyer of all time. 
and that's just part of what makes you the best lawyer is willing is you're willing to put in the work and and go to great lengths to make your point and to exploit the law. So, you know what? He's exploiting the law. I think this is as good evidence as any that he is a, the truest lawyer there ever was and the best one. So, I salute you, Price Match Hero. Price Match Hero, you inspire me to price match with the best. I can price match a little better. I could, I should hang on to a flyer or two or a receipt, go in and get my berries for one cent less. Fuck yeah. I deserve it. I aspire to be like you, price match hero. Not a lawyer, but you know, I'm a pretty, I can argue with people sometimes pretty good. I think, I don't know. See, I just had an argument with myself that was inconclusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am a pretty good arguer. I argue with myself all the time, inconclusively. I make a great lawyer against myself because I rebut so many things so often in my mind over and over and over again until I don't know anything anymore. And it's a hung jury in my head. I am... In my, in the court case that is my mind, in, no, in the, in the courtroom, in the judiciary building <laughs> of Val's brain, hung juries are, it's like 99% of the time. I have a 99% hung jury rate in my head across, across all arguments, everywhere, all the time. <laughs> Uh, that was supposed to make sense, but, you know, who cares if it didn't? Who cares? You gotta believe in yourself is the point. Believe in yourself, idiot. Okay? And if not, that's fine too. Because hedge your bets. And that's what I was saying before. If you don't believe in yourself, then I don't blame you. Because if you believe in yourself and you get utterly humiliated and proven totally wrong and exposed as a fraud, then... You should have never believed in yourself in the first place. And I'm sorry that I convinced you to believe in yourself when you never should have been dabbling in self-belief. No, 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 no. But otherwise, if you think you can handle it, then okay, fine. Try it on. Try to believe in yourself. How about that? Let's compromise. Let's find a middle ground. Try to believe in yourself. Okay? Try it for mama. Do I want to do the last thing? No, I can save it for later. I'm running out of steam, and I gotta, I gotta do something else with my time. <laughs> Speaking of how to spend one's time, I went, uh, I went pretty long here um, for a solo. And you know, I'm not gonna name names, but somebody actually tells me that they did the math on how long. Musa and I both share the airwaves on a former episode and he and he and I split between me and him relatively. Uh, it was 6633-ish. Uh, a ratio of two-thirds to one-third. So, and I say that just to point out that I've been going an hour 20 all by my lonesome. And that's pretty fucking impressive. So, I swear too much. 
And I pointed this out once and somebody said, did you know that um, swearing is a sign of intellect? And I'm tired of hearing that because I think I need to see the stats. Next time somebody tells me that, I'm only going to believe that it's a smug, self-serving uh, fallacy just to make people feel... People pick things to say, well, you know, that means you're smarter. They're just going to they're just going to say stuff like that just to convince themselves that they're intellectually superior. So I don't buy it until you uh, you show me the fucking facts. That is one of those easy clickbaity. It's not even clickbait. It's just a headline you see on a Facebook post that you don't even bother clicking because the headline says it all. People who swear more are actually smarter. You don't bother like following to see that, you know, it wasn't actually an actually scientifically run study with a control group and it wasn't, you know, it's hardly valid. It's hardly substantial in the eyes of the scientific community, but it was done on, on goddamn Huffington Post or whatever. What it was BuzzFeed. It was a BuzzFeed quiz that got shared too many times and now somebody thinks that it's real. Misinformation spreads like wildfire. So that's why I find it very, I treat that very skeptically. The, the thing people say about, uh, if you swear a lot, you're smarter. No, no. Because it probably means that you're not uh, articulate enough. Articulate. It means that you're not eloquent enough to be able to use other words in replace of fuck as a placeholder. It means that you're using this placeholder and this emphasizing word. I use fuck so often for different purposes. Sometimes it stalls for time. It helps me think a little bit quicker. It doesn't help me think quicker. It literally is. It just gives me a beat so I can think of the next word if I'm if I'm slow. And I use it for emphasis all the time. You'd think a smarter person would be able to uh, diversify their vocabulary a little bit to make a better point. So I'm, I disagree. I, I, I don't believe it. I think, because uh, I've heard a lot of dumb people not have anything <laughs> else to say where like fuck is every other word. And it's like you, you use it because you don't have a vocabulary. To support what you know here I am at a loss for words that's my point is uh, swearing doesn't make you smarter swearing makes you lazy <laughs> boom shots fired if I had Musa here maybe he would have uh, combat me on that but uh-oh uh-oh I'm running rampant with my unsubstantiated opinions with my unchallenged fucking hot takes and uh, well good luck to ya you know getting away with it boom uh case closed swearing doesn't make you smarter you're just as stupid as the rest of us if not dumber for just buying something like that at face value and believing it in it without scrutinizing just because it serves you i'm the realest i'm the realest there ever was I'm trying to think if there's anyone realer than me. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm the realest one there ever was. And that is the Al Val guarantee. How do you do the plunk? Poink.
You know what I mean? I'm trying to do that plunk noise. <laughs> I'm trying to do the ploink noise. The 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 pop just to like certify. I'm trying to do a cute little certified fresh thing, you know? Just to prove to you guys that I'm the realest one there ever was, and you're never gonna find nobody realer than me, okay? Well, maybe. You probably will. You'll probably find someone realer than me, because uh, I speak my mind, but not if it means I have to be mean to somebody. So that's where I come just short of being real, is, uh, is I, uh, I don't say mean things to people. If I have something, if I don't have something nice to say, I, I'm one of the few people left in the world who keeps it to themselves. Isn't that weird? What a lost art that is. Comment section. How how easy is it to just scroll on? Apparently not for fucking all of YouTube on my goddamn videos. But whatever. I'm you know I had to get one last complaint in. Um, sorry if I made you uncomfortable in this podcast. That's just who I am. I make people uncomfortable. But fuck you. I'm real. I'm the realest one there ever was. So if my realness makes you goddamn uncomfortable, then that's your problem, bitch. And I'm not, I don't have to be a smarty pants to say go fuck yourself and to swear up a fucking storm to let you know that you fucking stupid and you fake and I'm real and I'm the realest one there ever was. Okay, that's enough. Um, Have a good week. If you liked any of this, if you enjoyed it, if you enjoyed the cool uh, lighting change and the slow change of hue, then, I don't know, give it a like and a subscribe and clips and do clips and fucking, you know, what YouTube. I don't read the YouTube comments, but go ahead, have at her. Fucking call me a man and call me ugly and say I'll never be a woman, whatever. Uh, do your worst. Uh, you're helping the algorithm, you dum-dums. So comment away. Do your fucking worst, assholes, idiots. You're only helping the al- you're only helping perpetuate my videos, A, and B, you're just gonna get more of people like me. So keep doing it, dum-dums. Here's your sign. Ha ha ha. Um, bye. This is Podgus. Uh, good episode, good time had by all. If you're a good person, have a good week. If you're not, uh, have a bad week. And like, sh- subscribe, and share. And uh, we'll see ya. Thanks for tuning in.